I don't know about you guys, but I tend to learn a lot better when something's set to music. And, you know, I didn't learn a whole lot growing up in the, the church that I grew up in. It wasn't that great of a, a church, but um, there, was, there was a couple things that I, I got out of it. I learned about, like, some of the biblical characters, but it was through songs. Maybe some of you learned some of these songs, like, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man. Did you really? Did you, did Mike knew that one? All right, yeah, okay. Uh, we had a, who built the ark? Noah, Noah, who built the ark? Brother Noah built the ark. So you had things like that. I know all the ingredients to a Big Mac. Because of the jingle, remember? To all be fatty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, onions, pickles on a sesame seed bun. Remember that? And I don't know about you guys, but I grew up in Maryland, and we had this commercial. I don't know if it made it all the way up here to Harrisburg, but there was this karate school in D.C. It was called Junry Self-Defense. And I don't know if you guys got the commercial here, but it was like such a popular thing. And I wanted to take karate because this commercial would come on, and it went like this. It went, when you take Junry self-defense, then you too can say, nobody bothers me, nobody bothers me, call USA 1000. Junry means might for right. And then here's what was the big, the big part of it. Yeah, the, the two kids from the owner, they were just probably like five and three years old, and the daughter comes on and she goes, Nobody bought a me. And then the little boy, he's like three, he goes, nobody bought a me either. And then he like turns and he like winks at the camera. It was like great. It was so, now here's the deal. It's been 35 years since I've seen that commercial on TV, but yet I still remember all the lyrics to the thing. We, we just learned through songs. We learned about the complexity of the human body through a song, didn't we? The foot bone's connected to the ankle bone, and the ankle bone's connected to the leg bone, and it keeps going on and on, and it explains how the whole body is put together. Now, that song was actually written in the 1920s, but long before the 1920s came around, Scripture writers already understood that the body is to be connected together. In fact, the Apostle Paul puts it this way. If you're following along this morning, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians uh, quite a bit this morning. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, Paul says this, and he's talking about how a church should be connected together and how a church should best function together. He says, you can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, and cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still just one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. You know, what's always amazed me about Jesus after his death, his burial, and his resurrection is he spends 40 days on the earth walking around proving to people that he was truly alive. And if you think about it, Jesus could have stayed on the earth. He could have stuck around. And he could have gone on the Jesus Christ world tour. And you know how like when bands go out, you know, Aerosmith or Bruno Mars or whatever, they have those t-shirts like that has like all the cities on the back of the t-shirt of where they're going to be. We could have had the Jesus Christ World Tour t-shirts and, you know, when he would come to Harrisburg, we'd all buy our t-shirts and go out and see Jesus and oh, Jesus, you know, and we're all excited about Jesus. But he'd only come to Harrisburg like every four or five years. And so he says, look, guys, it's actually better for you. If I go back to heaven and send my spirit to come and live inside of you, and here's the reason that he said. He said it's better because you will be able to do even greater things than I'm able to do myself. Now I want you to stop and think about that for a second. Because Jesus, God in the flesh, the miracle working God who was living amongst us, said that you and I, when we work together, under his name and for his glory, can do even bigger and better things 
than what he himself did. He said that when we work together through this thing called the church, we are his body. We are a representation, a a recreation of his body here on the earth. You and I. It's amazing. And so he says, look, I'm going to send the spirit to live inside of you, the same spirit that raised me from the dead. You're going to have that power. And I want you to come together as an organization, a living organization, a body that will go out and change this world. And so that's what Paul's talking about here, is that we are all a part of the body of Christ. And there's what's called the, the Little C Church and the Capital C Church. And we as ExponentialChurch.tv, we're the Little C Church. We, we are a, a church and we're a small part of the bigger Capital C Church, the, the bigger body of Christ. But we're all supposed to get plugged in and be a part of the body. And each one of us has a part to play in that. Let's think of it this way. As you look at me here this morning, would do you say that it looks like I'm functioning properly? Now, I know some of you are going, well, I appear to be a little messed up in the head. But other than that, everything else, does it look like my body is functioning properly? Yeah, you say you're walking, you're talking, you're moving around. It would appear that way. But here's the, here's the crazy thing. The things that really make me, me, and to keep me alive, you can't see right now. You can't see my heart. You can't see my lungs. You can't see my kidneys. You can't see my liver. Those are the, the vital parts that, that keep me operating. All you see is sort of the, the external part. And see, it's the same way with the church. There's a visible things in the church, things like the pastor and, and the, the, the band. that It looks like, oh, wow, that, that's the important part, but it's not. You know what the important part of the church is? The parts that aren't seen. The, the, the parts that are being done behind the scenes. That's what's important. And that's why we all have to play our part because not all of us are called to be the pastor. Not all of us are called to be on the worship band. But yet all of us are called to be a part of the church and play a role in it in some way. See, literally there are dozens and dozens and dozens of tasks that need to be done to, to keep a church functioning properly. We each have to play our particular role. And so that's why we're doing this series right now called What If? We're getting ready to move into a new facility here in the next couple months. And I said, look, let's just make sure that we're prepared as we move in so that it doesn't just become a building that we have, but it actually becomes a tool that we're able to use for the glory of God. And what that's going to mean is each and every one of us need to step up and, and play our part in making ExponentialChurch.tv all that God wants it to be. So what I want to do today is talk to you about, well, what would happen if nobody decided to serve? What what would that look like? And I'm going to give you a couple of excuses that people have of why they don't serve. Before I get to that, though, let me say this, and I I made the same disclaimer last week. If you're a guest with us today, we want to welcome you. And I just want to say that uh, I, I don't want you to tune me out. Because you're like, well, you're talking about what makes your church function and stuff, and I'm not even a part of your church. Why do I even need to hear this? But here's the reason why. Two two reasons. The first one is this. Serving is a big part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So, yeah, you may be here today, and you may be kicking the tires on this whole thing called Christianity, trying to figure out this whole church thing and the Bible thing and the Jesus thing. You're not even sure if you believe any of it. But, again, what I want you to understand is that a big part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is that you learn how to serve. 
Last week we looked how Jesus said that I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. And so if that's Jesus' attitude, that it wasn't about him, but it was about serving others, then we need to do the same thing. Here's the second thing for you that that may be guests here today. What you're going to discover through this message, and if you go back online and listen to last week's message, is just how important we think you are. Everything that we do here at Exponential is designed with you in mind. Now, we like to come together as a church and and worship and, and, and do things, but we do it for you. We do it because we want to serve you and, and hopefully help you as you continue in that journey of coming in a relationship with Jesus. So with that being said, if you've got your outline there today, let's uh, go ahead and look at what are some reasons, what are some excuses people have for not serving? The, the first one would be this. People say, well, I'm probably not needed. But you know what? Nothing could be further from the truth. Every single Sunday, dozens of cups of coffee need to be made. People need to be greeted. Diapers need to be changed. Things need to be set up. Things need to be tore down. There's tech that needs to be run. And that's just the stuff that happens on Sundays. During the week, there's literally dozens and dozens of tasks Monday through Saturday that have to be done in order to just make this one or two hours that we're here together happen. And so you are needed. I can't do it all by myself. Bill can't do it all by himself. We all need to come together and play our part in order for Exponential to be all that God would want it to be. Now, I know some people are like, okay, well, I understand. You're saying we all need to serve, and okay, I'm probably needed. I tell you what, Gilbert, let me pray about it. Let me pray about whether I should serve or not. Let me just say this. Do you pray about breathing? Do you say, well, let me pray about whether I should take my next breath or not? No, why? Because breathing is a part of your natural existence. And see, what the Scripture makes clear over and over and over again is that serving is a part of our natural existence. You can't really call yourself a follower of Jesus if you're not serving. It's just who we are. It's what we do. And so, again, don't give me that excuse of, well, I'll pray about whether to do it. or You know, I'm busy doing a lot of other... No, no, no. If you're busy doing other things, then you're too busy. Your first priority is to Jesus, to his kingdom and furthering it. Everything else is secondary then. Again, when you serve, it helps you to become spiritually alive. And we talked about last week, become spiritually mature. And then another vital reason why we need to serve is that you have a unique role to play. Paul puts it this way, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 18 to 20. But God has put all the parts of our body together in a way that he decided is best. A body isn't really a body unless there's more than one part. It takes many parts to make up a single body. And see, it's the same for churches. You need to be your part, and I need to be my part. And all of us, we come together, and we're the church. And if you're not playing your part, then we're not complete. Again, don't worry if it's not a a visible ministry. Again, not everybody's called to be on the platform. Do your part to the very best that you can. Because again, I just get to be the big mouth. But a mouth isn't all that important. You've probably seen people before that they can't talk. But yet the rest of their body is still functioning okay. And they're able to live life and have a great life. Even without being able to speak. So a mouth isn't important. Your ears aren't important. The nose isn't important. You could cut off your nose and still live. It's not the visible parts that are important. It's your heart. It's your kidney. It's your your lungs. 
or even if it is visible and it's a small thing, that can still be very important. What I'm saying is if God has called you to be the pinky toe on the left foot, be the best pinky toe on the left foot that you can be. Maybe that's your role in God's kingdom. And there's nothing wrong with that role because it's very, very important. Now, I use that particular body part for a reason. Many of you know I'm a huge sports fan. And it's always amazing, especially like with football players. Football players, you know, these big guys, you know, six foot, six five, they're, you know, 250, 300 pounds, big, big guys. And they'll play through injury. You know, it's like, oh, look, my arm is like in 50 different pieces. Just give me a shot and wrap it up and get me back in the game. Macho guys. But did you know that one of the most debilitating injuries for an athlete is what's called turf toe? Basically what that means is your toe gets hyperextended. And it's amazing. Athletes can't play through turf toe. Take that little toe, bend it backwards, and all of a sudden it just, you don't have balance and it, it's so painful. And it's weird because you've got this big guy and this little tiny toe and it just wipes them out. And see, what you need to realize is that if that's what God has called you to be here at Exponential and you're not being the best little toe that you can be, then it's causing the rest of us as a church to walk with a limp. It's causing the rest of us to suffer as a church because you're not playing your part. And so all of us need to discover who it is that God has made us to be and then do it. So that's the first excuse people have. I'm probably not needed. Here's the second one. People say, well, I don't know enough. I just don't know enough. You know, I'm new to this Bible thing. I'm new to Christianity. I don't know enough to serve. But here's the deal with that. About 95 or so percent of our ministries here at Exponential don't require you to know a thing about the Bible in order to do it. You can just jump in and start doing it without any Bible knowledge at all. What I'm saying is all you've got to do is be willing to give of your time and your talent and your abilities, and God can use you. And I'm so thankful, uh, many of you, as I'm looking at you here in the room, you are serving. And again, I want to thank you for that. And it's amazing that you're taking your time and, and you're taking your abilities. And, and sometimes you're, you're doing things that are a little bit uncomfortable for you. You're stretching your faith a little bit. You're taking some chances for God but yet he's using you. And that's so exciting to, to watch that as you, as you start to feel that, wow, God, God can use somebody like me. Now, I mentioned her the other week in a message, but uh, Karen Lockard, uh, she started a ministry a couple months ago called I Can, and it's based off of uh, uh, Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I know you guys were downtown yesterday handing out clothing and uh, stuff to people downtown that, that need it. And I know you had a lot of jackets and, and, and blankets and all kinds of stuff that you were able to give away. So that, that's just phenomenal. But also yesterday, Karen sent me an email in the morning just sort of clarifying some things I got a little bit uh, cloudy on the last time I talked about her. And uh, I wanted to just real quick read something that, that she said in her email uh, to me here. She says, I was never a person to be a leader of anything. So this scripture, meaning Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This scripture gives me encouragement to remember that I can do anything through Christ, even me. She says, I still have to remind myself of that when people come to me to make decisions and to organize everything. It's not what I'm used to, but ever since I've been at ExponentialChurch.tv, I've grown so much spiritually, I never knew what it was like to have a church family, and I love it. 
What Karen has discovered is something that you need to discover as well. And I put it there on your outline, and it's simply this. That serving is not about what I know, it's about who I know. Now, I can tell you, Mike and Karen have been great as I've gotten to know them the last couple of years and they've sort of grown in their, their faith and, and stuff. And they're learning more and more and more about the Bible. But they would probably say to you, there's a lot that we still don't know yet. But yet God is using them to make a difference here in Harrisburg. Because it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because if you do, if you've asked for his forgiveness of your sin, if you've asked him to come in and take control of your life, again, he sends his spirit to live inside of you. And he gives you the power, he gives you the strength, he gives you the boldness, he gives you the courage that maybe you don't have. Yet now you do. And Once you know him, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. The Apostle Paul was dealing with sort of a similar type of thing with the, uh, the church in, in Corinth. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 29, he says, Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you, not many influential, not many from high society families, Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? He chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies? God did all this to keep anyone from bragging to him about how good and wise they are. Paul's saying, you're a bunch of nobodies. Yet look what he's doing through you. In fact, in the book of Acts, we read a great scripture. Uh, it, It says that, the, 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 the disciples, the apostles, they were doing all kinds of great things for God. And that the people of the community, they looked at him and they said, these are unschooled and ordinary men. Now, as you go back and you look at the Greek of that, the word for that is idiotes. Guess which English word we get from idiotes? <laughs> Idiot. And they were, they, they were unschooled. They were ordinary. They were just... Regular people, not the best and the brightest. They weren't from high society families. They didn't have like just, you know, this religious schooling that they had gotten. No. Ordinary guys, fishermen, tax collectors, just ordinary guys. And God was using them. These Christians, these Ordinary people, these idiots, if you will. They said, since Jesus said that if we come together as the church, we can do greater things than he could even do. Since he said it, we believe it. And they started going out and doing things. And all of a sudden, the church started to grow. Hundreds at first, and then thousands and thousands of people. And then not just one church, but many churches. And not just in one country, but many countries, the gospel continued to spread all through ordinary people that God was using. And again, it's the same with you. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It matters, are you willing to follow him? Let me illustrate it for you this way. What's the most important thing when you're going out looking for a job? What, what would you say? Just shout out some ideas. What, what's the most important thing you need when you're, you're going out looking for a job? Shout it out. Okay, appearance could be a thing. What else? Resume, anything else? Experience could be a thing. Right, okay. 
None of those things are the most important thing. You know what the most important thing is when you're going out looking for a job? Are you offered the job? Doesn't matter how great your resume is. Doesn't matter how bad your resume is. If you get offered the job, you got offered the job. Doesn't matter if you had experience or not. If you got offered the job, you got offered the job. Doesn't matter if you look like a slob. If you get offered the job, you get offered the job. So, again, it's not about what you know. It's not about what's on your resume or what's not on your resume. What you need to understand is that our leader, Jesus, has asked you to do a job for him. He's given you a role in his kingdom. He's like, here it is. Are you going to accept it or not? Many of you are like, no, I'm not because I don't know enough. Again, it doesn't matter what you know. It matters who you know. He has offered you that role. It doesn't matter what family you're born into. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Are you going to respond to his invitation or not? Excuse number three, then. People say, well, I don't think that I'm qualified. Now, obviously, this relates to the previous point. But what you need to realize is that you're way more qualified than what you even think. And the reason I say that is because God says that you're qualified. Look at this. In Ephesians 2.10, Paul says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So you are God's workmanship. You are his unique creation. God created you. And it says that he created you to do what? Why did he create you? What's it say? To do good works. That's your purpose in life. And so what you need to understand is that your unique design, who God has made you to be, plus your purpose equals your destiny. Design plus purpose equals destiny. Now I know you're going, okay, Gilbert, if God says I'm qualified and that's what I'm here for is to do great things for him, what exactly should I do? And my answer is, I don't know. (laughs) You know why I don't know? Because all of us have the same purpose, but not all of us have the same design. You were uniquely designed by God to do something in this world that you are the only person that can do it. Only you. You're the only one. And so you have to discover what that is for you. Now, when I worked at Purpose Driven Ministries, we called this shape, uh, of figuring out your shape of of who God has made you to be. And I want to explain it to you here real quick. It's an acrostic, S-H-A-P-E, shape. It stands for five different things. So if you're taking notes, the S stands for spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. At the moment you pray and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, to become the leader of your life, he sends his spirit to live inside of you. But at that moment, the spirit gives you a spiritual gift. This is a gift that only Christians have. It's given to you by God. And why is it given to you by God? Not for your glory, but for his glory. And you need to understand what is your spiritual gift. In 1 Corinthians 12, 1, Paul says this. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Can't be ignorant about the spiritual gifts. Now, I don't have time to get into all of them here this morning, but if you're interested, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, and Ephesians chapter 4, you can read all about the spiritual gifts. Now, 
depending on who you're reading and stuff, there's anywhere from like 20 to 25 or so gifts. Some people like lump different gifts together. Like some will say there's a gift of administration. Some will say that there's a gift of leadership. Others will say, well, no, that's just one gift. But So there's like 20 to, to 25 of these spiritual gifts. But again, this is something that God gives you at the moment of salvation to use for his glory. What you need to understand about spiritual gifts is this. Nobody, nobody gets all the gifts. But everybody gets at least one gift. You know why God did that? So that we would need each other. You know, as Americans, we think that the goal is to become independent. Right? We've been sold on that. That grow up and learn to be independent. Don't count on the man. You know, hang your own shingle. Do your own thing. Become independent. But God says, you know what? In my kingdom, I want you to be interdependent. I want you to need each other. I want you to be a part of my body, but just a part. You're not the entire body. You're just a part of the body. And you need to come together with all the other parts of the body to make up the whole. And so, again, you you need to discover exactly what is your spiritual gift. If you don't know that yet, one thing you can do is just start trying some things out. and, And through that, a lot of people discover their spiritual gift. But there are some tests that you can take. So if you're interested, go on spiritualgiftstest.com. Again, spiritualgiftstest.com. It's going to take you about 10 minutes to go through, fill out the little survey that they have there. And it'll at least give you an idea of uh, maybe which way you're leaning with your spiritual gifts. Now, here's what you've got to be doing with, uh, with those uh, tests to be careful. Be honest. Don't answer the questions based on what you would like to be. Answer it as you actually are. And again, as you fill it out, it'll give you an idea of possibly what your spiritual gifts are. Okay, so the S stands for spiritual gifts. The H then stands for heart. Heart. This is your passion. This is the thing that wakes you up early in the morning, that keeps you awake late at night, just saying, man, I, I'm just so excited about this. I've I got to do something about this. This is your, your passion. I mentioned this in a series a couple months ago. What is the thing that when you look at it in the world, you say, that is just not right. Somebody needs to do something about that. Again, that's you. You need to be that person. Whether it be poverty or homelessness or whether it be, you know, lack of clean drinking water. Or it could be, you know, a number of things. Literacy, you, you name it. Abuse, sex trafficking. What is the thing that it just breaks your heart? I got, somebody's got to do something about it. You get fired up about it when you talk about it. Now, as you're going through, and I would encourage you to take some time this week to, to go through and actually list out all these things. Don't just do spiritual things in your passion. What are some other things that you're passionate about? It may be sports. It may be a hobby. It may be music. It could be a number of things. Sometimes God will take those hobbies and turn those things into a ministry for you as well. So again, what is your heart? Letter A then stands for abilities. Now, these are your natural God-given ability. You are born with these things. Unlike your spiritual gift, which is given to you at the moment of salvation, this is something you've had your whole life. Like, for example, with me, I've always been able to teach and communicate with people, even from an early age. I've always been able to take complex subjects and and sort of break it down and help people to be able to understand it. I was born with that. 
That's not my spiritual gift. Teaching is one of my spiritual gifts, but it's also a natural ability. And so what are your natural abilities? What is it that that God has given you? I can tell you what mine isn't. Working with my hands, like get, don't put power tools in my hands, right? Because things are going to end up messed up. I, I just, I'm not good like that. But some of you are. You have that natural ability. Some of you are good writers. Some of you are good thinkers. Some of you are good working on computers. There's all kinds of natural abilities that it's like, I just always been able to do this. What is it? List those things. And that'll help you to discover your shape. Letter P then stands for personality. You've got to ask yourself questions like, am I an introvert or an extrovert? Am I a morning person, a night person? Do I rely on intuition to make decisions? Do I rely on facts in order to make decisions? The more you understand your unique personality, the better you're going to be able to understand what God's shape is and what God's ministry is for you. Give an example with me. Again, I have the spiritual gift of teaching. I have the ability to teach. Uh, I have the heart, the passion to want to teach people. But if somebody came to me and they said, I want you to lead a 5 a.m. daily Bible study for men, I wouldn't do it. You know why? I am not a morning person. If I had my way, I'd wake up to crack at noon every day, right? Man, I just, even though I have the spiritual gifts and the heart and the abilities, it's just not a part of who I am. Now, if you want to have a Bible study at 10, 11 o'clock at night, man, I'm rip-roaring, ready to go then. Let's go. But not at 5 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because that's not how God wired me up. It's not a part of who I am. So again, you need to understand your personality, and, and that factors into this whole thing. Letter E then stands for experiences. What you have done in the past will help you to be more effective in the future. Again, using myself as an example, Exponential wouldn't be who we are today had I not at one point been a professional entertainer. Had I not at one point owned another business that had 170 people working for me. We wouldn't be who we are today if I hadn't pastored a little small church in a little rural town. We wouldn't be who we are today if at another point in life I hadn't pastored a little church and helped it to grow into a big church. Of course, we wouldn't be who we are today if I hadn't worked for Rick Warren and Purpose Driven Ministries and and traveled all over the United States and Canada and trained pastors and trained churches and got to see like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of churches of what the good, the bad, and the ugly is of the church world. When you take all those experiences that I've had and you bring them together, it helps to influence the daily decisions that we make here. It's just a part of who I am. And see, it's the same for you. The experiences that you've had in life help to shape what God may want to do with you. And I've shared this with you in the past, that your greatest hurt in life may end up becoming your greatest ministry. Because who better to to talk to an alcoholic than somebody that used to be an alcoholic themselves? Who better to help somebody that's been through an abusive situation than somebody that they themselves were abused at one point? So you can take that negative experience that you've had in the past and turn it around and use it for good and use it to glorify God. And so God will take all those things, your spiritual gifts and your heart, your abilities, your personality, your experiences, and bring it together, and that's uniquely you. Nobody else has everything that you have. And so once you understand all that, you understand your shape, then you can start to serve God in a great and mighty way. Now again, let me 
let me just reiterate that all five of these things need to come in alignment. Just like me and my personality doesn't fit for leading a 5 a.m. men's Bible study. For some of you, you know, it's going to be the same way. There's going to be some things that don't line up. Here's another example for me of, of something that doesn't line up. And I've talked about this in the past. I think I even talked about it last week. I love to sing. I have a passion to worship God. We keep the music up nice and loud so I can sing just as loud as I want to. I have a passion for that. I have the personality that loves to be on the stage. I love to be up here. I have experience being on the stage. So you're like, he loves to sing. He's got experience on a stage. He, he, he has the personality to be on a stage. We should put him on the worship team. No, 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 a hundred times no. Why? Because I don't have the ability. My singing stinks. It's horrible. Well, you heard it as I was doing the jingles and stuff earlier. It's not good. So just because you have a passion for something doesn't mean you necessarily have the abilities. Or just because you have experience with something doesn't mean that you're going to have the abilities or, or that you may even have a passion. I see that all the time in churches. That like, they're like, oh, well, this person has experience being a leader, and so we're going to make them a leader in the church. Maybe they don't have the passion to be a leader in the church. Maybe they say, you know what, I have to lead all week long in my job. I want to come in and just serve behind the scenes. So again, you take all these things, you figure out what is the unique shape that God has given me, and then you start to do it. If you're the most introverted person in the world, then you probably shouldn't be at the front door greeting people. Why? Because your personality doesn't match up. So here's what we do at Exponential to help you sort of discover this. Because there, there's a couple ways that you can discover your shape again. You should sit down, make a list, and go through the whole thing. Uh, you can just start trying some things out. There are some tests that you can do. And here's how we help you to do it. We do a thing here at Exponential called First Serves. And what that simply means is this. You tell us which ministry you're potentially interested in. And we'll let you try it out. It's like try before you buy, except you don't actually have to buy anything. <laughs> no, it's try before you commit, basically. I think the only ministry that you couldn't do a first serve in would be the worship team. Uh, but I think every other ministry that we have, you can do a first serve in. Uh, the other one that would be, well, no, you can still do a first serve in children. Eventually, you'll have to go through your background checks and all that kind of stuff. But you can still at least come in and observe and all that. But basically, every single ministry, you can say, I just want to try something, and we'll let you do that. You come in the first week, you sort of observe what's going on, sort of watch. Maybe you're given a little bit of responsibility to do. Then the second week you come back, you're given a little bit more responsibility. And at the end of two or three weeks of trying it out, if you say, no, this is not for me at all, we're like, great, go try something else. Keep trying until you come up with what it is that God has shaped you to do. If after a couple of weeks, you know, you're like, oh, no, this is great. I have a passion for it, and I've got all these ideas, and I want to do it and stuff, then we'll get you on a schedule of some sort. And so on your connection card there, uh, there today, on the back, you're going to see a list of just a couple of the ministries here at Exponential that you can do some first serves in. And so if you're not currently serving, I want you to just check. T just take a risk today. Just check a box. Try something. Try something. We'll contact you this week about how to do that. Just try something. 
Now, if you're already involved in serving, again, we thank you for that. But maybe you're involved and you're like, I feel stuck in this ministry that I'm in. I don't want to be here anymore. That's fine. We don't want you to be stuck. We don't want this to be like a death sentence for you. We want you to have joy in the ministry that you're doing. So if you're sort of feeling stuck in something, check a box there this morning. Try something else. Again, we want every single person to be plugged into the ministry that God has shaped you for and that you're passionate about. If you ever wake up on Sunday morning and you go, oh, it's Sunday, I've got to go in and do whatever, then you're not in the right ministry. I can tell you what, we, we get here, I get here a little after seven on Sunday mornings and stuff. I'm not a morning person, but once a week to do this and get to be here with you guys, I'm passionate about it. And we're four years into it and I'm still, I still don't get that, oh, it's Sunday, we got to go in and set up. Now it gets to be a drag sometimes, the guys will tell you, you know, set up, tear down, set up, tear down. But you know what? We do it for you guys. Again, if you don't have a passion for it, then don't come in at 7 o'clock in the morning and help to set up. But we do it because we are passionate and we want to help you guys in any way that we can. All right. So we wrap up here today. Again, the question was, what if nobody served? What if everybody said, every single thing in the church, that's the pastor's job? We talked about that last week, why that, that just can't be. My job is to equip you to to do the work of the ministry, not to do the ministry myself. But what if nobody served? What if we all had these excuses of why we're not going to serve? And Exponential wouldn't be the church that, that God is calling it to be. And it'd be a complete waste to, to make a move over to a new building if nobody decided that they were going to serve. And so again, as we get ready to, to make that move here in the next couple months, think about what is my part in the body going to be? Because if you're not playing a part, again, we're walking around as a wounded church. And we're not able to maximize everything that God wants us to do here in Harrisburg and beyond. So what's your part? I want you to pray about it. I want you to check something there on the box. Something that you're just going to do a first serve to glorify God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for these uh, last two weeks where we were able to take a look at what your heart is for us once we become a follower of you. And Jesus, just in the same way that you said that you didn't come to be served, but to serve others, Lord, help us to have that same attitude. That we don't come here just for what we can get out of exponential, but we come here because we want to give back to our, our fellow Christians, to our uh, fellow people that are here in the community that don't yet know you, that, God, we are here to serve you, to glorify you, to bring honor and glory to your name. And so, Lord, I pray that right now each and every one of us would just uh, feel that conviction from your Holy Spirit that I need to be doing something and that, Lord, we would discover what that something is as we discover our shape and that, Lord, we would be faithful to serve in that area as often as we can and as faithfully as we can to the very best of our abilities. Lord, thank you for the dozens and dozens of people that do serve here at Exponential. Continue to bless them for their service. Continue to 
help them to see how they're playing an important part, even if it's something behind the scenes that nobody else can see, that maybe nobody else even knows exists. But yet, because of them, this church is able to continue to function as a body with health. So, Lord, I again pray that you would use each and every one of us in the unique ways that you've designed us so that we can make a difference for you and we can glorify you all the days of our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.